Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Hello and welcome to the AEW Dynamite preview. I'm Adam Wilborn from What Culture, joined by one of the Dudley Boys, Michael Sidgwick from What Culture, to look ahead to tonight's episode of AEW Dynamite. But before we get into it, if you're a fan of this sort of thing, make sure you subscribe to What Culture Wrestling on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music, wherever you get your podcasts from, for daily wrestling podcasts, where we not only review AEW Dynamite, but also AEW Collision, Raw, SmackDown, the show formerly known as NXT 2. Oh, pay-per-views, premium live events. We have interviews, roundtable discussions, and a round of the week complete with a good quiz, of course, on WrestleCulture. As I said, though, joined by Michael Sidgwick to look ahead to AEW Dynamite 200. But before we get into that, we should probably talk about the breaking news. Uh, one of the big matches tonight involves the new, well, three quarters of the newly re-signed Elite. They are sticking around. They are sticking around as MV- MVPs and EVPs. <laughs> Uh, what did you make of this? Uh, yeah, delighted with the news, obviously. Um, I just need Kenny Omega in an AEW ring yeah. in particular. Like, I don't want to reduce that masterpiece against Osprey to a single move, but he ain't taking the Tiger Drive 91 <laughs> in a WWE <laughs> ring. It's not why I like Kenny Omega like as much as I do. He's my all-time favorite wrestler, and I want to see him in an environment that maximizes his value, allows him to tell his own stories. It would be wild and fascinating, and you know what? Probably extremely good if they were in WWE. They would make it work, but it would just... I hate to use young person vernacular because I'm 37, <laughs> but it it would it hits different in AEW. Mm. Like, someone like Hangman Page's character arc, which he himself has been instrumental in plotting they don't tell those kinds of stories in WWE. They just don't. No. They can tell long-term stories these days, but not that kind. Um, with the young books, like, the idea of them working, they could make it work in WWE. I'm not saying that they couldn't, but it just would not be the same. It would be almost heartbreaking to watch them do their greatest hits and work their matches and only get a really big reaction at the finish. Mm. There's a certain electricity party atmosphere to the elites, uh, to the Young Bucks match. And I'm not saying they can't do emotionally resonant stories, but their TV matches follow a certain formula, Mm -hmm. which they subvert constantly throughout, where it's just endlessly exciting and just a half-speed version of that that doesn't have that 
inimitable Young Bucks match atmosphere in the WWE setting would just be a little bit depressing. I described it as a square peg in a round hole. Yeah, on the exactly. News we reported on this. Exactly. With Omega as well. It's not just the Tiger Drive in 91. Um, it's the sports-oriented stories. Like, WWE has this weird approach where, and this weird philosophy in general, where everyone's gray hair gets dyed. Um <laughs> There's no, they would never do the Nick Wayne story. No. They would never do, or very rarely have they done something like the Dustin Rhodes story. Like, they like to tell you that all of their wrestlers and stars are in peak condition. They'll do injury angles, yes, but they're all in peak condition. They're all in their primes. They're not green. They're not past it. They're all, you know, in their prime wrestlers. Mm -hmm. They don't really be bold or experimental with a storytelling in the way that Kenny Omega is, where I don't say that, oh, you know, this wrestler's 80%. He, he might actually be declining physically. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. He might have returned too soon from injury. He might look completely broken down. Like, that's bold. You're telling people, in a way, oh, he's not the star that he once was. But them telling that story allows the magnificence of Kenny Omega's performance at All Out 2022 yes. to happen, where... He takes off the kinesio tape. He takes off the compression shirt. He's fucking fucking jacked, and it and he's wearing like his most sparkly attire with the rhinestones on his boots because the contrast between that version of Omega and the guy in the compression shirt who's like intentionally botching, which is something else barely clearing the top rope, barely clearing the top rope by absolutely meticulous design, all underscores just how. Much it's amazing when he's 100% back. Like, mm. the Kenny Omega approach to storytelling is so bold, realistic. People could argue that, you know, it's almost too ambitious for the medium as it exists right now mm. in that people don't get it. People would prefer to see, you know, top star wrestles top star, and they're both in great condition. Not like, is this guy still got it anymore? It's just... The sports oriented, he's like exploring what it is to be a top high end athlete who's losing a step. Mm. And I think it's he's making the reality. He's forty years old later this year, if not already. And I think he's forty later this year. He's exploring the reality, and there's an, uh, there's a heft to it. Mm. He's exploring the reality of actually being broken down, and because he's so fiercely intelligent. He's making a feature out of the bug that is his broken body, and they would not have done that in the Fed. They just don't tell those kinds of stories. So. I can easily see. I have no doubt, by the way, that WWE would have genuinely worked wonders with all of the elites. In a different way. Yes. Uh, we're not suggesting that they wouldn't know how to book them. I mean, you know, after the Young Bucks had got a bit of training in the NXT, I'm sure they could have oh. done great things on, on the main <laughs> roster. But yeah, Omega would have been arguably instantly right up there. Hopefully you'd have... I mean, you probably wouldn't change plans now, and I don't know when the contracts would have run out, but you, there's no question that Omega would have uh, main-evented at WrestleMania. But I did have a weird moment there as you were talking. in the You know, like, because we listen and watch it so much. The banter hound on your shoulder. Well, it's, it's that, and it's also, I can also hear Michael Cole or Corey Graves or anyone that we have to listen to on a weekly basis saying almost any word. It's like I've got an AI generator in my head, and I could hear Cole going... Oh, this wrestler is targeting Kenny Omega's knee, which will make, we'll make it harder for him to hit the V-trigger later. Yeah. But, with that in mind, actually, I just a little... Ah, we don't normally oh do yeah. this. The time to 
Turning me on. <laughs> did it? Did, did it? it? Did, did it? Did it? Which wrestler would have been the first to kick out of the one winged angel on the WWE <laughs> roster? It, I think the man would put it in his contract. But if it was, had, to, had get... to be someone, pick Raw or SmackDown. Or R- uh, Raw. Okay, he goes to Raw. Uh, scrolling through, scrolling through, scrolling through, just gets loaded up the whole. Okay. Uh, I'm looking through the uh, WWE Monday Night Raw roster page. Tell me when to stop and then pick me a number between one and four. And that is who would have kicked out the one winged angel first. Stop three. <laughs> I'm going to turn it round. I'm going to zoom in and turn it round so you can see who you have booked <laughs> to kick out the one winged angel first. Natalia! Natalia! <laughs> if you'd have said two, it'd have been Vince. <laughs> yeah, with, that, not, with that back, the old yeah. prick. Um... As I was saying... Sorry, yeah, that was a bit of a tangent. So I said before Dan that, you know, he would have had it written in his contract that um, no one could kick out the one with the angel. Or at least he could pick. Or he could pick, or he'd have certain creative privileges. But that leads to the next point I want to make before we actually preview Dynamite. They did not have anywhere near the leverage they had in 2018, which if you're unaware... The condensed, potted history of the formation of AW is that WWE knew what was going on. Mm-hmm. They are they obviously knew, like to be Reddit knew with the, with the, the the trademark filings and the rumors and Jim Ross and Jericho's denials, which all but with them <laughs> yeah. being wrestlers. I meant, oh, it's happening then. Thank you for that. <laughs> Thank you for being inveterate carny liars because I know that when you lie, you're actually um, telling the truth. Mm-hmm. So. Because WWE knew what was happening, because their product was hemorrhaging viewers and was so bad that in December of that year, they had to apologize for how piss poor it was on live television and promise to be better. I'm so sorry. It's all Baron Corbin's fault. Yes. So those were the conditions at the time. Obviously, totally different now, but at the time, they had to apologize for how bad it was in a pretty radical bid to retain viewers. They wanted the elite for one reason. Well, a few. Mm. One primary reason. It's not the kind of wrestler that... They're not the kind of wrestlers that Vince McMahon just dreams about booking. No. So the one primary reason was, if we can get them, this AEW thing doesn't happen. Mm-hmm. And they know how much, knew how much money Tony Khan had had. They probably knew that he had initial conversations with um, Warner. So they said, right, okay... If you sign, there's obviously no NXT. That's not even in the in our <laughs> thoughts. There's no NXT. You're getting, like, Seth Rollins money, mm-hmm. maybe even Roman money, but certainly Seth Rollins yeah. money. And you are going to get creative freedom and in a completely unprecedented offer. The crack was they were going to get three months of, like, a trial run, basically. But they were, it was not, oh, we're going to put you on trial and see if you like it. It's like reverse probation, isn't it? Yes. You have a new job. Yeah, because it wasn't the elite who were on trial for three no. months. It was WWE giving themselves a trial period, with the idea being, 
there are absolutely no questions asked. In written contract, if you, the elite, are not happy with our WWE creative direction for you, no questions asked, Mm -hmm. you can leave after three months. Now, the idea is three months is all we need for for this AW thing not to happen, right? That sort of leverage with the elite in 2023 I can completely imagine. I don't think WWE are going to offer anything like that. No. They didn't need to. They're this hot. Why is that? Well, one, WWE itself is red, white, hot without the Elite. Two, the Elite, and I love all four of them. One of them is my favorite singles wrestler of all time. Two of them are my favorite tag team of all time. The other, I think, is already an all-time great if you stack up his body of work Mm -hmm. in Hangman Page. But being the Elite... The Elite Saga, the threat of a Dark Order continuation. Their stock hasn't been lower since 2018. I said this on the news. I said, I, uh, not to specifically pinpoint them, but I said, I can't think of a time that the Young Bucks have been colder. Yeah, it's ridiculous. It's ridiculous. Like, again, I started here in 2016. Obviously, I've followed wrestling my whole life. The Young Bucks were so hot as the cool underground yeah. act at the time. And then they made all of this happen or were instrumental in making it happen. And then 2021, they were just, that heel run was absolutely unbelievable with the bloody chandeliers on their head. And the car. Aye. Now, you know, people actively resent the Young Bucks for Kenny Omega not doing singles matches all of the time or going on a big, massive singles run and doing serious programs. Mm. Even though he does both at the same time, he's Kenny. He's the best. (laughs) So, as much as I'm happy with... The individual members re-signing, I want a year off from the Elite Saga. Yes. They've made friends. They are all on the same page. They have come together against a common enemy. They've realized Don Callis was the one tearing them apart all along, which took root in 2021. Um, They've realized, you know what, Hangman Page is all Elite. Yeah. He's just as Elite. If, if not more than us, he's taken the title off Kenny. He's finally felt that professional respect from them, which is a huge bugbear of his from a character perspective, dating all the way back to 2019. Can we not leave it for a year? Can we not have the the Young Bucks remind people who really is the best tag team ever? Can we have the Young Bucks remind people that they are not the um, undisciplined, get your s*** in, work long matches for the sake of a team? Because the irony is, that's FTR. (laughs) FTR have got less discipline than the Young Bucks for me. I want the Young Bucks. Genuinely, that's, you know, the tribal fan of me talking. I think FTR are fantastic. I'm doing a bit. I want the Young Bucks to go out there over the next two to three years and say, nah, we were the best ever. Yeah. Weirdly, and this is another point I want to make. We will preview AEW Dynamite imminently. <laughs> All the quotes in that, um, it's Sports Illustrated. It's Justin Barrasso, yeah. Who has penned basically what scans as a combined news report and press release because it's got quotes from all the principals involved. Do you think he starts each article with this just in? Or... <laughs> He's missed the trick if he doesn't. <laughs> that should be... You could go on YouTube with that. Hey. Anyway, all the quotes are like, if you're cynical, which I am, <laughs> they're all very pragmatic. Yeah, yeah, the schedule's much better. Yeah. There's loads of money involved. Like, they all also said, we want to continue to tell great stories and whether lifeblood and so A is no AEW without us and want to do things with our legacy. But Matt Jackson was like, you know what? Um, schedule, money, 
And I, as I've gotten older, I don't really care that much about my legacy. Mm. I know it's getting twisted. I know that um, people will just change their opinion radically. I'm paraphrasing here. Mm. But the main gist was, I don't know, the older I get, the less I care about my legacy. I I don't want to question the motivation levels, but the atmosphere surrounding them re-signing with AEW is markedly different to them yeah. forming AEW in the first place. And I mean, maybe they're a bit wiser. Maybe they're a little bit jaded, yeah. as you'd expect following the events of Brawl Out and just, you know, being in it for four years. But I was kind of not concerned, but... I was very, I took notice yeah. of the pragmatic nature of their quotes and what appears to be their motivation. So maybe they don't want to go out there in the next two or three years, realize the last two years that FTR have had, and went, no, not having this, we're the best, I'm going to show you. I wish the bloody would. Yeah. I wish they bloody would. Everything I um, inferred, fairly or otherwise, from that press release, was that they just want to have an easier schedule, tell stories, not so much about their legacy as being all-time greats, but just tell the stories they want to tell, which indicates to me that they want to continue all this elite stuff. Mm. It's the fact that they've all signed together at the same time as well as another worrying development. And we've peaked with this. I'm saying this as a inveterate elite law nerd, and even I'm like, oh, come on, have a year yeah. where Omega's absolutely on top or gunning for it. The Young Bucks want to take back their legacy. You know what? Maybe they'll announce the Young Bucks versus FTR for Wembley, and all of this will be a load of bollocks. I'm just spitballing for the time being. But certainly from there, I'm thinking, do they want to be known as the... Do they have the drive to be known as the greatest tag team ever? I didn't get that from the statement, but at the same time, I think a lot of people are just desperate for the Young Bucks in particular mm. to show us all over again why they are so revered. Mm. Um... Maybe we're going to get that. Maybe we're not. I was just struck by the pragmatism of that. What else can they do now? Oh, you know, the Dark Order. Oh, Hangman Page. Oh, they were with me all the time. I might go back to them, Matt and Nick. And you know what? I'm a bit jealous of Kota Ibushi and Kenny Omega at Blood and Guts, and I'm going to fall out with you again. I'm sick of it. Yeah, a little bit sick of it, a little bit bored. So as ecstatic as I am, it is tempered with my own pragmatism. Yeah, and I think the, the thing is as well is arguably they're going to go from the highest of highs, re-signing, like you say, big money deals, but also the company that they created, they are going to be guaranteed sticking around for a few more years. They're still EVPs. They've gone from right up there to literally, in a few hours, getting their head caved in by Jeff Jarrett. Yep. The Lethal Connection are going to finish them off on the big UFC. Who at UFC? What? <laughs> the wrong three letters, AEW Dynamite 200. At the uh, end of this pod, will you ask me for my all-time favorite Dynamite moment? Yes. Okay, thank you. Uh, Omega and the Books versus Jeff Jarrett. With the Bing 200. Jay Lethal and Sat Nam Singh. This is going to be a load of fun. This is going to be so fun. Um, you're going to have to bear with me, listeners, because across two different WhatsApp threads, Michael Hamflet, who is not working today, has specifically... Does the day end in a Y? <laughs> Yeah, he's not working. <laughs> he's back tomorrow. <laughs> Across two different WhatsApp threads, which I'm now going to have to trawl through. He's messaged me, I think, as well, by oh, the Jesus way. Oh, Jesus Christ. To, he, he's obviously enormously excited about this match, as I am as well. His favorite, my favorite. A guaranteed fun match. So I'm going to have to go through two different WhatsApp threads to get the fantasy booking spots that he has specifically asked me to um, put on this preview. Um, 
Wilborn, have you got any jokes for me while I scroll? He's, he texts me, because I text him jokingly saying, oh, you, you're coming in tomorrow just to preview Jeff Jarrett on Dynamite 200. And he wrote, I wish, I can't wait, man. I can't flipping, he didn't say flipping, wait. The best bout machine face-to-face with Kenny Omega. What a bellend. I love him. Yeah, I love him too, but he is, he is a bellend. Um, so I've sent him a picture of the match graphic, and I said... This is pornographic. I need to hide this picture from my wife. <laughs> he says, Pop, that collision in this graphic, the power is finally back. Hey, hey. We'll look at that 24 hours. <laughs> so he's actually said to me, I'm not back in until Thursday, so please contribute to the podcast on my behalf. The idea, this is Michael Hamflip, of Jeff Jarrett swinging the guitar at Matt Onick, then moving, and Kenny smashing the guitar to bits with a V-trigger, Jarrett left staring, dumbfounded at the neck of the guitar. Oh, two good. seconds. And I said, it's my own. Oh, no, and then he's messaged again at 11 o'clock at night. Just go to sleep. <laughs> dreaming of this match. And guess what I'm doing it too. Oh, my God. Kenny Omega doing the strut, exclamation mark. One minute later, all three of them doing the strut, <laughs> exclamation mark. At which point, I contributed a fantasy book and an idea of my own. Satnam Singh catching the Terminator dive. Oh, my God. Oh, yeah. I'm telling you now. Kenny Omega and Satnam Singh is going to be real graps, real music. He's going to V-trigger him, I'd say, about 50 times. If you think he treats... Big men like big men, which he does. Look at his work with Brody King at Revolution. Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah. Satnam Singh versus Kenny Omega. Oh, my God. He's going to treat him like an actual fucking mountain. Yeah. It's going to be great. He's go- like, They're going to do real comedy with it. Like You're going to see Kenny Omega like motion to do the Snapdragon, reaching his arms up to Satnam, and he's going to pull some funny faces. And Satnam's just going to go, what? And then just bat him to the side. Or Kenny Omega loves doing a spot where he's going to go for the Snapdragon. And Satnam is going to get him by one of the arms, judo throw. And Kenny's going to be like, oh, I can't do it. What on earth am I meant to do with it? this mountain of a man? And Satnam's saying, um, I'm going to do some basement drop kicks. He could even try and do the, uh, oh my God, what's it called? I'm a bad Kenny Omega mega fan. The more he does the leap and then he splats them down. Oh, yeah. Where he does the leapfrog, and I'm sorry, I forgot the name. But, like, just do a back bump because he can't get anywhere near his head. And then he's going to do um, his sliding drop kick that he can do about three or four times. Finally, Satnam is brought to his knees. V-trigger, V-trigger, V-trigger. Just when you think Satnam, you know, his head's lolling about. V-trigger. No, catch. Move, power bomb, choke bomb. Yeah. Suck my gag bomb. <laughs> um, the Jarrett Omega stuff, they will do, they do be strutting. They will be strutting. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Young Bucks doing double super kicks at Satnam Singh. Can they even reach his face? I don't know. Maybe the Kenny Omega sliding knee in the Satnam shin. In between all of this fun stuff, 
Kenny Omega, Nick, and Matt Jackson. There's going to be a lot of stuff done with Jay Lethal in the body of the match to give you that excitement mm-hmm. for like state of the art work rate stuff, if you like, um, to build to these amazing comedy spots with Jarrett. Um, I think Jarrett will hit Omega with the guitar after one of the Young Bucks ducks. I don't think he'll V-trigger the guitar. I think Kenny Omega will get hit with the guitar. He'll sell with it still wrapped around his neck, and he's going to do V-triggers with the guitar still around his neck. Or the, the Terminator dive with the guitar around his neck. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. I'm going to be inevitably disappointed by yeah, this match. Yeah. I'm expecting the party match of all party matches, even if it's, like, really clever and fun for 10 minutes. I'll still be overjoyed. This is, to be honestly not facetious about it, one of the reasons why I'm so happy with them re-signing is because they do possess the essence and the spirit of AEW. Them being in AEW does make AEW a promotion that is completely and utterly distinct to itself. It cannot be imitated. And this match graphic for me just distills the essence of AEW. It is the quintessential this match can only happen in this goddamn promotion, yeah. which I've been heavily critical of for what feels like over 12 months at this point. And yet I'm still so grateful for its existence because only they can harness the energy, irreverent humor, and audacity <laughs> yeah. that this match could be at its best. I cannot wait. The Elite are going over. No notes on this uh, bit of booking for yeah, me. Yeah, you've, you've set my brain going now. So the spot I <laughs> I have is uh, Jeff Jarrett goes to swing the guitar and one of the young bucks is wearing the exploding shoe. <laughs> and then Jarrett's left holding, the, holding the, the neck of the guitar that's just smoking like it's some out of, uh, I don't know, Roadrunner or whatever it is. Do it. That's the best idea yet. Hamlet and Sidgwick in the mud. (laughs) You know what? That's a really great idea. Hey, just call me Butter Baby on a roll. I also thought of Sanjay Ducks. We haven't... uh, He's going to be involved one way or another. Oh, no. Who could counteract Sanjay Duck at ringside? How about Hangman Page? I initially thought... Nakazawa. I initially thought... Or Nakazawa. Nakazawa and Satnam Singh spot. Yes, f***ing please. (laughs) I initially thought... Uh, um, Hangman Page coming down on a horse, lassoing uh, Sanjay Dutt and dragging him up the stage. But then I thought, wait a second, what if instead of that, he is going to get involved, he's going to use a weapon of some sort. Not the guitar, because we've done the exploding, or we're going to do that spot. Um, But uh, the refs... For one reason or another, Hatman Page isn't using the ropes uh, for the uh, bookshot lariat. What they're going to do is they're going to get uh, Satnam Singh. They're going to, like you say, V trigger his shin or something. Double super kicks. Oh no, he's keeled over. Looks like that's a perfect place to do a book. You know when he did it when there was no ropes? Uh, uh, uh. Oh bookshot God. lariat over that to catch a Sanjay Dot who's running in with a lead pipe. And then they just win the match, obviously. But Kenny Omega, one winged angels. Uh, I'm saying to win. I don't know. They could do a, a, a done with Lance Archer. Yeah. Um, back in March, February 2021, it was um, Kenta and Omega versus Archer and someone else. Phoenix? I can't remember. 
But anyway, they, because Kenny Omega knows better than anyone. Mox? Is it Mox? Mox. Rewinded Dynamite. Omega and Kenta versus, yeah, Moxon. Moxon Archer. So the finish is um, the Good Brothers help Omega do the one-winged angel on Archer because Kenny Omega deserves more goddamn respect and he wrestles big men like they're actually big because yeah. he's a genius at this form. He had the Young Bucks help him do the one-winged angel. Uh, the Good Brothers help him do the one-winged angel on Archer onto a chair because he couldn't do it himself because he's so big. <laughs> so they could do that to Satnam at the finish. What if Karen Jarrett and Nick Jackson decide to play a game if he was the most obnoxious? Because <laughs> Nick Jackson loves playing obnoxious. Oh, yeah. please, just give me this match right now. I cannot freaking wait. Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome. Like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome. Like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out-of-pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what-ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Before we go any further, though, this show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Now, we all carry around different stresses. They can be Big life worries or just, you know, little things like your favorite wrestler not being used properly. The thing is, when we keep them bottled up, it really can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever is weighing you down. It is really helpful, too, for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. Therapy basically empowers you to be the best version of yourself. So why not give better help a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and best of all, suited to your schedule. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash whatculture today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash whatculture. Uh, let's look at some of the other matches on this card, though. We've got two championship matches. Uh, Tony Storm defending the AW Women's World title against Hikaru Shida. Finally! Hikaru Shida's back wrestling. Again, I said this on the Collision Review. It's getting to be that 2017, 2019, 2020, 2021 <laughs> um, era of Raw where I see someone return or, you know, get another match out of nowhere and I cannot possibly get excited about anything other than the match itself because it never goes anywhere. Mm-hmm. Shida will be gone for another two months. And there is that's not me with my latent cynicism. That is precedent mm-hmm. that I have seen over and over and over again. I'll enjoy the match. Surely they'll kick each other's asses. Surely it'll be the best women's match in AEW television since the reign of Jamie Hayter. 
you know, surely it'll be, you know, excellent. Surely we'll get some tedious discourse from Goldfish. Uh, he'll say, oh, thought they didn't care about women's wrestling. They don't. Yeah. They just did this week. And yeah. how uh, many matches were there? Yeah. <laughs> and surely the outcasts will get involved. Oh, indeed. Uh, now, this will be a self-contained, excellent TV match if it hits its ceiling, but I will not get jazzed about the the future of the division on the evidence of one good match. When was the last time I saw a really great women's match on AWTV? Yeah, I think you're right. It's one with like, even if it wasn't that great action-wise, where the build was so good mm. that the, the crowd was, it had never freaking happened. Yeah, it's not like they do, they have these these things like Statlander coming back, and then they're just like, oh, pff, uh, do you want to face Ty Valkyrie? Or? Don't do Lady Frost in three weeks, right? See you later, Chris. Get out of my office. <laughs> Bye, Chris. <laughs> uh, we've also got the tag titles on the line, the Ring of Honor tag titles, I should say. Uh, it is uh, Aussie Bloody Open uh, against Vikingo and Commander. High-flying stuff, this. Yeah, no, it should be tremendous. Um, I've not actually seen these matches, and I can't remember the name of the opponents. This is terrible. I should have researched this, but we were overwhelmed by the elite news and getting yeah. articles and videos out and all the rest of it. Uh, but Dave Meld said this is completely his take, so I'm just aggregating what he said, but he said that um, some of the best matches Aussie Open worked when they were sort of making the names on the Australian indie circuit were against two really small, athletic, mm -hmm. agile, acrobatic workers, and that really put them on the map. Um, uh, for my sins, I can't remember the name of this team, nor have I actually seen the matches, but, you know, Dave knows his stuff. I will take his word for it. Basically, what he was saying is that this is potentially a really inspired bit of matchmaking against uh, on the part of Tony Khan because as good as this match is on paper, you've got four excellent pro wrestlers in there. Aussie Open are genuinely excellent at working this profile of opponent. Yeah. So it's even... Uh, the best version of this match is even better than you think it is just looking at the talent on the graphic. Um I think he also said they'd shot some kind of open-ended ROH angle that could indicate there's a title switch, which seems weird to me considering Aussie Open have just, yeah, they just won, won the titles. Yeah. However, however, FTR, when they were doing that pretty terrible promo on Collision, not last episode, but the one before, when they were setting up their next set of opponents and they name-dropped the Young Bucks, they also name-dropped... Um, Aussie Open. Yeah. Which, you know, they've had great matches with them in the past, and it doesn't seem likely to happen. He's not going to beat the ROH champions if he can help it. I wouldn't have thought. So maybe there will be a title switch. Do you think, I don't believe this is going to happen, but I'm just going to ask it anyway. And it also segs quite nicely into my next point. There is any way that better than you, baby, go, well, we didn't win the AW tag titles, but there's other tag titles we could attempt to win. Um, it feels a long old shot. You've got the AW World Champion fighting for the tag titles on the other show. It feels to me like a compromise of a fantasy book and idea that everyone except Tony Khan fantasy books. Yes. It feels like fantasy book and on top of fantasy book. And I don't hate it, Wilborn. Mm. He's still on a roll. <laughs> He's still on a roll. He's still butter, baby. Um, but I can't see it happening. Um, but the match should be good. And it's... I don't know if he's doing this on purpose, but I hope this is a better version of last week's card, if that makes sense, because last week's card, I thought, in the ring, just didn't hit the floor, but met expectations or didn't really 
you know, meet them. When they were yelling at the end of the night, like, oh my God, now we get a three-way anything goes match off the back of this. It's I like, was, the all anything goes and I don't yeah, want to see it. And I was also like, yeah, man, just complete yeah, shrug. Yeah, it's complete like, that's shrug. the big 200 thing, is it? But then obviously they're pulling out the elite. And This week, it makes sense to lean into, not what well, isn't reality, but like the perception of Dynamite as the high spots. Yes. The irreverent matches, the, you know... Like the the aerial stuff, like Dynamite always had a lot of range, or at least it really developed range in 2020. Um, and again, even Moxley was doing awesome Moxley stuff in 2019. They are leaning into it's not the in house style of Dynamite. That's a nonsense. It's always had so much range. Um, you've had Timothy Thatcher and Vikingo on it for, f- <laughs> but I think they are especially with it being the 200 celebrations. The fact that it's Omega and the books are on, are on it. You've got like a three-way anything goes. You've got Aussie Open. You've got Vikingo. Um, it does very much feel like they are going to do your more fast-paced, exhilarating stuff to sort of further set Dynamite apart from Collision and vice versa, which I don't hate necessarily, but the best possible version of AEW for me is one two-hour TV show that's got all of it on, under one roof. And rankings. And rankings. I think uh, Aussie Open retain. I think Vikingo and Commander have the match won, and then probably we get some mask stuff from a Mark Davis, for example, and Carl Fletcher steals it for his team. Yeah. And then they go, if you want to watch, know more about this, you should bloody watch Ring of Honor, probably. It's weird this, because like, you know how Tony Khan usually books where there's a match that exists to be a match and to you know, please the live crowd and then, you know, excite the TV viewers, but it's always, oh, that match is happening because those wrestlers are involved in an angle or on an upcoming show, and their angle will sort of materialize mm. following that match. I can't see anything all inny. No. All inny yeah. following this match with the Aussies. Um, here's a question for you. Sorry, I've got a message, and you know, I'm, 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 I'm so rude, but my brain is broken. Whenever I get a message, I think, all right, okay, well, one of the appliances in the house has stopped working. <laughs> Uh, oven. Oh, no. And washing machine this year. I remember year you saying washing machine, yeah. Oven, uh, washing machine at the very start of the year. Oven packed in about a month ago. Like, what are people doing in manufacturing right now? <laughs> what are you playing at? Watch which championship match do you think gets more prominence on this show? Women's match or the Ring of Honor tag title match? <laughs> it's an indictment, but I think this will go longer and won't get the death slot. Mm. Um, we mentioned him there. Uh, MJF, we're being advertised. Uh, we're going to hear from him. Uh, obviously, uh, brilliant developments on Collision. Check out our review of that from Bumper Monday, as we're calling it here at What Culture. But what's next for Better Than You, baby? There's a title shot, obviously. For- a title match, eh? It just depends on which shoe. Um, it's weird, this, because... It's not weird. It's it's fantastic. I just can't really work out what's going on. No. Basically, the gist is the king of episodic episodic storytelling has returned. I've loved this MJF reign. The Stark stuff was magic. The Takeshita subplot was really great. The Danielson storyline, I think people were way too impatient with it. I mm-hmm. thought it ended up being tremendous. You've got this personal grudge feud. The closest we've got to the rankings since they were all but abandoned because the principle was if he wins five matches against five incredible opponents, he's in a one contender. Great. That's genuinely fantastic because it puts him... Uh, puts him over as a massive, like, credible challenger. And then they got the really personal stuff, right? Remember the brawl when um, Danielson elbowed MGF? 
He thought he had a concussion. It was just <laughs> such a great bump slash connection. And then the Four Pillars thing was just not particularly great. No. Throughout all of it, the one thing that I thought, oh, maybe that's a little bit missing, is that MJF magic of, what the hell's happening next week? Yeah. The Jericho stuff and the Cody stuff. Where they're going to go with the punk thing. The punk every thing. Week. It's like, is he going to be a babyface? Is punk going to yeah. be his friend? There was always that, what the hell is happening next? He's the master of the cliffhanger, and he's recaptured that form with his better than you baby stuff, which has been absolutely tremendous. I've waxed lyrical about it at length. I don't want to regurgitate and bore you all to tears. But the idea that you just can't imagine that in, what was it, six weeks, you'd go from the Tom Lawler beatdown, the mercenary stuff, to them hugging it out after not winning the tag titles and a friendship being born and it feeling like the most feel-good, authentic friendship with MJF in it. How <laughs> the hell have they done this? At the minute... They've hugged, they've remained friends, even though they've lost. MJF has made the sacrifice to lose a match because he just pretty much loves this guy. And they've said, and he said ahead of that, win, lose, or draw, you're getting a title shot. And they lost and they're still friends. Now, I know they're not going to simply have a babyface versus babyface match at one of the all shows. Yeah, you've got four weeks to lull in. Uh, in fact, four dynamites, including just this one. Something big is coming, but at present, this is just so clever. It's that, uh, if I said this on Twitter, people would take the pace. It's that Breaking Bad style of storytelling where you reach the end of an episode or you reach the midway point of an episode and you're thinking, all's finally right with the, the meth-making regime. Yeah. Police aren't on the trail. They're all friendly. The business relationships are all running smoothly. Skyler's clueless. Skyler's clueless. So uh, it's going to go... Everything stays like this forever. If everything stays like this forever, it's going to be great. How do you make the biggest mess possible from this? Yes. Or, when they subverted that, everything's gone completely tits up. <laughs> this is the worst situation for Walter White yet. There's no possible way I can conceive in my mind that he gets away with this one. And then, oh my God, he got away with it. Mm -hmm. How's he done that? This is that style of storytelling, and I think it's just better than the friggin' bloodline. How do you like those uh, apples? Because what can possibly go wrong now? I know Roderick Strong is going to have something to do uh, with grumpy this. Roderick Strong. Grumpy Roderick Strong. But Book what, a match with him and MJF next week. Mm -hmm. But that's the thing, like, what can disturb this piece now. Mm. I, I, and you know what? Because I'm a pea brain compared to MGF, I don't know. I can't preview it, so I'm just going to strap in. Me too. What happens in the Anything Goes three-way, apart from probably um, Orange blood? Cassidy and Moxley have a brawl at the end of it. Okay. Uh I'll tell you what. <laughs> do some double-juice mayhem at Wembley Stadium with Orange and Mox. Have... A blood-soaked orange wrestle with more fire than ever, and the four years of character work that he's very patiently established will elevate that to classic status. I've got no doubt that they'll do something like that on the night. Maybe Cassidy can, like, swear. It's on pay-per-view. <gasps> the top of his lungs, like, fuck you, or whatever. It's like, yeah. oh, Cassidy's saying that. He usually doesn't care about stuff. So is he gets his mocks murdering Trent, then, and Penton maybe getting the win as a result of that tonight. Maybe it'll end up in a Mox Orange Brawl that will further solidify that that's the direction. 
I, at this point, maybe I'm being impatient. They've interacted with each other, what, once on AEW programming after Death Before Dishonor? So maybe we'll get another brawl and then we can get the killer promos in the weeks to come. So maybe if there is like just another brawl tonight, I'll be I'll be patient with this. Yes, it's Dynamite two hundred. It's brought into perspective mm-hmm. how much I've loved the show for the majority of the duration. So well, bef- I will have latitude. Before we get to your favorite Dynamite moment, a couple more things to preview. Uh, it's Jericho and Kanosuke Takeshita of Don Callis's family. Although Jericho is not officially a member yet, of course, versus two people who really used to appreciate Jericho. I'm not sure if he appreciated him back. I'm talking about Sammy Guevara and Daniel Garcia, of course, of the Jericho Appreciation Society. This is odd, you see, because the rumoured match, and, you know, it was Fightful Select who came through with a report that for Wembley, it's so Chris Jericho, it's going to be Chris Jericho versus, who's the most popular guy in England who I can have the best match with? Yeah, thanks, Tony. It's Will Ospreay. I'll have him. <laughs> um, which is just so Jericho, but you've, I, I admire that at yeah. this point. Oh, balls. I'll have Osprey. Thanks. What am I? An asshole? Oh, of course, I'll have Will Ospreay in London. Um, but Takeshita and Ospreay have either been formally aligned or teased being aligned with Callis. So maybe Osprey. Because I don't, I don't know if you built that if unless you have Jericho spurn the advances of Callis, Callis blowing a gasket. Where's Kenny Omega and all this for a start? <laughs> so you could build it where it's. Jericho um, just spurns the advances. No, I, I like these guys. I like my little stupid gang of clowns. I think I'm just going to help them along. Mm-hmm. Callus blows his top and says, well, you, I'm going to get my biggest mercenary to teach you a lesson. You don't spurn Don Callus and get away with it. Will Ospreay's going to kick your ass all in. Uh, Will Ospreay's um, from Essex. He's going to get cheered wildly mm-hmm. in London. So the dynamics off if they go that route. Um, I can't see where the storyline builds to Jericho versus Osprey if, in fact, that match is happening with the right dynamic. It'd be funny for Jericho to expect to be cheered. But I've had enough at this point of, well, the fans are not reacting to the characters. It's AEW. They're meant to be in control. God damn it. Manipulate yes. me. Work me, daddy. I don't, def- I don't want to be one of those uh, Bizarro Land fans. It's <laughs> AEW, man. It's not meant to be antagonistic yeah. and it's not meant to get things wrong like this and keep um, your shoes on while you're at it keep your shoes on British scum I cannot stress that <laughs> you're enough you're gonna bring a sign that just says keep your shoes on honestly if someone does it next to me if the feet don't stink I'll just do a very British passive aggressive <sighs> <laughs> if their actual feet stink in the next one put your shoes back on I think and wash st- your ass. I think you're gonna stand on their toes accidentally and on purpose got that dog in me. Yeah. I've got that passive-aggressive dog in me. Um, I, as for this match, I couldn't possibly care. I think you're I right. Couldn't. I think it'll be really good, but I can't care. I think uh, we're going to get uh, acting confliction from Chris Jericho here. I think at one point, either, Jeric- uh, either uh, uh, Garcia or Guevara, I feel like maybe Guevara's better because I want to do more of the story of Garcia, as you've pointed out on numerous occasions, slowly realising... You know, if I didn't do the entertainment part of this sports entertainment, I'm I'm really good. Yeah, but still do the, do the dance, obviously. Never lose that, Danny. But Sammy Guevara, Daniel Garcia has been taken out, whatever. Uh, and Kanosuke Takeshita has Sammy Guevara, and he's holding him, going, hit him with the Judas effect, like finish him off, sort of thing. And, 
oh, I can't do it. And then that's cost them the match. And then Doncaster's like, I don't think you're really committed to this family. I'm going to set Will Ospreay on you. And he's going to get hugely over in, in London. So I don't know how it's going to work, but I agree. We'll see. That's one direction that could take. I'm, it's one of those things where I'm getting annoyed by the thing I've invented in my head again. Mm-hmm. Uh, before we get to your favourite dynamite moment, up there with one of the weirdest dynamite moments was arguably last week where they went... Let's get Jerry Lynn involved in this storyline. He came out and confronted uh, Jack Perry's. He was slagging off, um, well, the FTW title and ECW, of course. Uh, tonight we get a face-off between the two of them. What's happening here? Sorry, I blanked. <laughs> had a Mitch moment? I literally watched your face had a Mitch, there. Had a Mitch moment? Yeah. <laughs> uh, there's a face-off between Jerry Lynn and Jack Perry tonight. Uh, a very light beat down. And then a save from... Hook or yes. Taz? He's carrying on the spirit of ECW, man. Unless Ta- is Taz going to say, I want to face you at All In? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Anything's possible for All In right now. They'll do some kind of stepped up match at All In, I think, or All Out between Hook and Perry. This is a nostalgia bait for a company that died RIP 22 years ago. You see what I did there with yeah. the Shane Douglas. Um, I couldn't possibly care, if I'm being brutally honest. Um, a light beat down, because I don't think Jerry Lynn can do much in there, where worked punch, fall to the knees. I think even, like, you know, with all due respect, like, your own Andersons can do that kind of stuff, yeah. because it's not a back bump. It's, like, a fake punch that doesn't hit, and then you stumble to your knees. And that, that works particularly well with Perry, because one of his moves is that, Hidden blade, essentially. Mm-hmm. And he does do a version of the hidden blade. I believe so, yeah. Or the clothesline at the back of the head. You can motion to do that. Ding, ding. That's Hook's music. If you <laughs> didn't get it, <laughs> right? Yeah. And then, oh, you don't even know me. Sorry, I got a bit Jim Ross there. Oh, best wishes for not doing that. No, bit. no, no. You don't even know me, man. Uh, <laughs> cool. Then the sentence about to do like who kicks his ass, and then he saves the spirit of VC. W. I'm sorry, I've sweared a lot. It's a, it's a mega it's Satnam Singh day. Yes. I'm a little bit excited. Uh, what if it's Sabu? Need an ECW legend to save another ECW legend to face someone for the FDW title. Uh, they did name drop him, not inconspicuously last week, and he's obviously he's all elite for some freaking reason, so <laughs> maybe. Unless it's... That they're setting up. Wait it is 200. They've probably got a big angle or surprise up their sleeves. They're setting up. So they're saving uh, Luchasaurus or Christian Cage or whatever, how they, however they do it, Darby Allen for All Out. But at All In, we get a trios match, which is Christian Cage, uh, Luchasaurus, and Jack Perry back together for the dark vision of that versus Hook, Darby Allen, Hook and Hook. Sting. Taz. Oh, okay. <laughs> With Sting as the I don't know, special guest. <laughs> we get Sting in there somewhere. We'll add another bastard to the other side, so we have Sting in there as well. Marco St- Dirk oh, Marco yeah. Stent. <laughs> <laughs> the corrupted Marco Stent. <laughs> uh, what's your favorite dynamite moment ever? We've had 200. Uh, oh, Jesus Christ. Uh, I'll try and keep the honorable mentions brief. Okay. Kenny Omega versus Brian Danielson. Oh my god. With a happy birthday Sidgwick sign in the background as they locked up. Oh my god. Just a masterpiece of a match. Just the dream factory made real. Um The hanging of CM Punk by the Pinnacle. Oh my god. Hangman Page 
getting a beer ripped out of his hands by Matt Jackson just for a magical picture to materialize out of nowhere because it was just... That was... When I talk about incidental comedy and a company so drenched in self-belief and momentum that they can get away with anything, that is that epitomizes that AEW. That's the level we hold them to. Yeah, that is the absolute us against the world. We're actually better than what everyone in this industry thought like two or three years ago. We're on national television. I'm going to prove on every single level, even little irrelevant levels that you've not even conceived of, that we are friggin' better. That's the AEW I loved. Um... Hey, Shivani, you fat prick. <laughs> Tell Jungle Boy this is what's coming for him at double or nothing. Yeah. Parking lot brawl. <gasps> Parking lot brawl. That, for me, was... I, I never wanted the pandemic to happen. It was a dark time. It was the it? worst time of my life. For those 15 impossibly situationally brilliant minutes, it was like... I wish there was at least, like, some kind of snowstorm in an AW show without a pandemic where there's like, oh, Christ, we have to think of something to do here. Yeah. We've got a show, but there's no fans. Oh, we could do this. Because that could never have happened in front of fans, ever. Mm-hmm. You would never... Let's see, friggin' Matt Hardy for some reason. <laughs> do a match where there's no fans on purpose. But I'm so glad that that happened because it was so great. For me, and this is the fitting bookend to the podcast. 69 me, Dom. That's another, there's, like, there's about... <laughs> that was because it was like... There's infinity moments where I've just popped massively at AW Dynamite. And that was also such a, a weird wave of relief washed over me when that happened. Because I like, was like, everything's gone wrong and it, it's broken now. That's it. The 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 toothpaste is out of the tube or whatever yeah. you know convoluted thing you want to say there. And then I was like, oh no, they can acknowledge their failures and sort of roll with the punches and make it still brilliant. And you've got Kingston being like, oh, the reason that that happened was the trauma and the flashbacks and the PTSD. And then I make it like, suck my cack, Dan. <laughs> I was like, yeah, everything's fine. Right. My ultimate moment was the Dark Order entrance ahead of that 10-man tag against the Elite. Oh, my God. That was only an AEW. Yeah. AEW distilled. AEW perfected. Like... A billionaire-funded cable TV property that is increasingly becoming a content form. This thing has no right to have a soul. It does, and that defined it. Just uh, magic. Absolutely goddamn magic. What was your your actual best ever moment? I don't know. I think you've kind of covered them. Like, (sighs) it's... some reason I'm thinking, like the 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 right arrival of Brody Lee was really just dramatic because it was just so like it was another. It was a bit like You're not the, the only old man to doubt me, but you'll be the last. Yeah, but I'll have a think. I tell you what, I'll have a think because I'm you're far better at this than me, and then I'll we'll circle back to this tomorrow and we'll get hamlets. Yeah, I hope that they they sort of. Indulge themselves a little bit. Don't waste too much time on this show. There's a lot to get through. But I'd like some flashback. Even if it's just some images that they flash up of when they... I don't know when they do picture in picture, but you know what I mean. 
enjoy it's a it's a hell of a landmark of certain podcasters not podcasters who uh, produce one of the only professional wrestling podcasts that's actually worth a f- saying some people say they'll never get this far so. right let us know your thoughts though and your favorite dynamite moments ever uh, on X uh, at what culture WWE watch they can follow both of us you can follow Michael Sidgwick at M Sidgwick follow me at Adam Wilborn follow us all at what culture WWE as I said and make sure you subscribe to what culture wrestling wherever you get your podcasts from for daily wrestling podcasts or NXT review which is a load of fun uh, from earlier on today is available right now and myself Michael Sidgwick and Michael Hamlet will be back tomorrow to review AEW Dynamite 200. But for now, it's been the Dynamite Preview. My thanks to Michael Sidgwick. Thank you for joining us, and we will see you soon. Why don't more infant formula companies use organic, grass-fed whole milk instead of skim? Why don't more infant formula companies use the latest breast milk science? Why don't more infant formula companies run their own clinical trials? Why don't more infant formula companies use more of the proteins found in breast milk? Why don't more infant formula companies have their own factories instead of outsourcing their manufacturing? We wondered the same thing. So we made Byheart a better formula for formula. Learn more at byheart.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.